Thank you for listening to the podcast for Burlingame United Methodist Church, located in Burlingame, California. Each week, we will share a sermon by Reverend Ann Duncan. Thank you for joining us on our journey through the Bible. Last Sunday, we heard a story of exile and restoration. Almost 600 years before the birth of Jesus, Babylon had captured Jerusalem and torn down all the buildings. Solomon's temple to God was destroyed and the Ark of the Covenant lost. Many leaders died and those who survived were forced as captives into exile. During this time of chaos, war, and exile, God's prophets, including Jeremiah, reminded the people that even when all seemed lost, God was with them. God promised comfort and a great hope of a bright future. Many years later, the people were indeed able to return to Jerusalem from Babylon. In those ruins of the temple, a copy of the five books of Moses called the law was found. And it was in the rubble of the temple that the prophet and governor Nehemiah, a priest named Ezra, and the once exiled people of God gathered to worship. They worshiped God and heard the reading of God's law. Hear now these words. A reading from Nehemiah, excerpts from chapter 8. Because the temple built by Solomon had been destroyed by the Babylonians, all the people gathered together in the square in Jerusalem. The people told the teacher of the law, Ezra, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly. Both men and women and all could hear the reading of the law with understanding. Ezra read from the law from early morning until midday, and all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then the people bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And Nehemiah, the prophet and governor, and Ezra, the priest, and the Levites who taught the people, said to them, This is the holy day. The day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Then Nehemiah said to God's people, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of your food and drink to the people for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Over the last 20 months, we also have experienced our own exile. Because of COVID, we have been forced to stay in our homes and away from family and friends. The doors of schools and businesses and churches have been closed. But a new day is here and restoration is coming. Oh, what a joy it is to be together. As we shared with one another last week, we love seeing people's faces, hearing wonderful music, 
listening to voices echoing around us, seeing the beautiful building and stained glass windows, and witnessing children laughing and playing and worshiping together. BUMC is a good and sacred place, and we give thanks to God for the beginning of this holy restoration. But our restoration is still a work in progress. Our restoration is still a work in progress. The restoration of the temple took hard work and major sacrifices. The Jewish prophets had promised that when God's people returned to the promised land, everything would be restored. Yet when the Jews came home, the returnees found a very depressing situation. There were no thriving settlements. The land had not been cultivated for years. The people were vulnerable to attack from every other nation around them. The people were disillusioned and in despair. God then called new leaders to speak to God's people, Nehemiah and Ezra. Nehemiah, Ezra, and a few other leaders had a vision to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and recreate the temple. And that's what happened. After gathering on the ruins of the old temple in the midst of a destroyed city, the people listened to Ezra read aloud the word of God. Then after a huge feast and party, the hard work began. The walls of Jerusalem and the temple were rebuilt. The new temple was not as grand as Solomon's temple. The new building was smaller. No silver or gold covered the walls. Instead of 10 grand candlesticks, the people set up only one golden candlestick. The Ark of the Covenant, stolen by the Babylonians, was never re recovered until Indiana Jones came along. I added that for my father. And yet this new temple, called the Second Temple, became the center of Jewish religious life. The temple served as the administrative and cultural center of the nation. For the next 500 years, that temple became the backbone of Israel. This newly rebuilt temple was the same temple where Jesus would walk and preach. This year, 2021, Burlingame United Methodist Church celebrates its 113th anniversary. In 1908, a few members of the Methodist Church in San Mateo moved here to start a new congregation. The thousand square foot building was beautiful with a tower and arched windows. People gathered around a wood-fired stove and worshiped together. The church was then moved a few blocks to this location and new buildings were added. Because of the dedication and sacrifice of many people, we are here today in this sacred space. But like the Israelites, we are returning from a time of exile. After our time of COVID exile, how will Burlingame be rebuilt into a strong and vibrant congregation? We do not need a new building, but there's still work to be done. We need to restore this place as a center of dynamic spirituality and hope in our community. We need to restore this congregation as a place of dynamic spirituality and hope in our community. This work will take time. The temple was not rebuilt overnight. We must be patient. This work will take new leaders. We all must step up to help. This work will take prayers. Please pray for our congregation. 
and this work will take money. And so let me speak for a moment about financial generosity. Throughout its history, the people of BUMC have given their money faithfully and sacrificially to this congregation. God has been generous with us. In return, many people have given generously so that others may also experience God's abundance. We can join in such financial generosity today. Giving is simply a part of what it means to be followers of God. After the deliverance of God's people from Egypt and the time following in wilderness, we read in Deuteronomy chapter 26, these words from Moses to the people. When you have come into the land that your Lord, the Lord your God is giving you, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground, which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall put your offering in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. God brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given us. Similar to when the Jews came out of Egypt, and then years later when the people came out of exile in Babylon, God has led us through this COVID pandemic. Now we are called to give our first fruits, our best through generosity and joy. Everything we have are gifts from God. Our lives, our talents, our homes, our bank accounts, all these and so much more are gifts from God. It is not wrong to enjoy our possessions, but we must handle what God has entrusted with us with care. Depending on how we use them, possessions either add to our lives or deplete our souls. If we cling to money as the source of security or personal power, our money will make us miserable. Yet if we see our money as a blessing to be received with gratitude and shared in joy and generosity, we will enjoy it more than ever. Giving requires intentionality. Intentional and generous givers are essential to this congregation. Some intentional givers, whenever they receive income, write their first check to God. Some givers offer a gift every Sunday. Some givers use church envelopes, while others put an anonymous gift in the offering plate. Other people give once a month to this congregation via pay PayPal. Overall, the stronger our intentionality, the more significant and meaningful our gift will be. Overall, the stronger our intentionality, the more significant and meaningful our gift will be. Regarding our money, how much money are we supposed to give? There is no one absolute biblical model for giving our money. Some people tithe, offering 10% of their income to God. A few people give more, more people give less. Some of our former church members have bequeathed money from their estates to this church. Many people in our church give special gifts to our church, 
such as memorial gifts at the death of a friend. Some of us give money for special mission projects. When someone recently saw a need for updating our church website, they gave a special gift to the budget. Giving money says we believe in the ministries of the church. Giving expresses our gratitude for God's generosity to us. Giving is part of holy living. Now, for those of you listening to this on the podcast, please know that in worship on this Sunday, we will be passing out pledge cards. Now, some people receive them in the mail and will bring them with them to worship. They will fill out these pledge cards, making a commitment to be financially generous to the church in 2022. If you have a card and would like to mail it to us or drop it off, we welcome it. If you would like to speak to me more about giving or need to receive a card, please reach out. Making a commitment to God of financial generosity is an important part of our discipleship. So let me share now this final story. A saint in one of my previous congregations told me a wonderful tradition of her home church in Radstock, England. Her name was Marion Smith. When Marion was a child growing up in the British Methodist Church, her community had a large annual harvest festival each October. One of the components of the festival was decorating the sanctuary. Each member of the congregation brought their finest fruits, vegetables, and flowers. The produce was scrubbed and the apples were polished. Everyone in the church would work for hours decorating the windows surrounding the church. The displays were magnificent. The communion table was covered with additional food and flowers. And then after the Sunday festival, the vegetables and fruits were auctioned to the community and the money was given to the church. People always bid excessively to raise funds for the congregation. And each year, a scrumptious looking peach was the prize of the auction. This peach, la creme de la creme, was donated each year by someone from Bath, eight miles away. My friend Marion always hoped that her family would make the winning bid for that beautiful peach. Marion and her congregation understood the importance of giving generously and joyously of their produce and their money to God. By giving their best to God, Marion and her church family worshiped God and served their community. So what about you and me? Will we too give our best to God? 2,500 years after the Jews rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem, God is calling us to bring strength and vitality to Burlingame United Methodist Church. And with your financial generosity, we can do just that. We can do just that. Thanks to you. Thanks be to God. Amen.